0: Welcome to Estrada Illusions. This episode is going to be another personal one, another transgender-themed episode. So if you're here for the popular culture, or the Disneyland, or the Star Wars, probably not for you, but I have a couple of big surgeries coming up, and by coming up, I mean a week from the day that I'm recording this, it will probably air a few days later. And if you don't hear from me on Twitter or Instagram or the other places I uh, tend to post, it means that I went under the knife, hopefully to return. But uh, if not, we've had a lot of good episodes, haven't we? <laughs> uh, I'm having bottom surgery, the big one for trans women, vagina vaginoplasty. And I'm also having uh, a number of surgeries done to uh, my face, neck region. Tracheal shave would be the neck region if you're wondering what the hell that means. I'm just saying that out loud. I understand that uh, looks, sounds a little vague. It's uh, big stuff. And that leads to this question that I get asked a lot lately. And that is are you nervous? And the answer is, well, that's kind of hard to say, isn't it? It's difficult to say because uh, on one end I would be foolish and also probably slightly dishonest if I were to say, no, I'm not nervous at all. This will be fun. And it won't be fun, but that's also kind of the, the point where I... Don't really feel nervous about it because how how am I supposed to feel nervous about something that I have no active role in? I am the person that they will be having, uh, that the surgery will be performed on. I am the person who the surgery will be performed on, so uh, I don't have a lot to be nervous about on that front. What I do have a lot to be nervous about is uh, potential complications, the uh, long road to recovery, which is absolutely terrible. And this show will have to kind of go away for a couple weeks because it will be very, very hard for me to even manage uh, getting up, feeding myself. Now, I sound a little off. I've been off of hormones for... About in a week and a half now. Normally, for trans women, I think probably for everybody on hormones, uh, you have to be off of them for two weeks before surgery. I think even pretty much most surgeries, not just uh, transgender-related surgeries. But you have to be off of the hormones because of uh, there's a risk of blood clots with uh, the estrogen levels. I don't know, it seems kind of ridiculous, but being off hormones is uh, absolutely the worst thing ever. It is it is quite frankly, and it's often compared to menopause because HRT uh, as prescribed to cisgender women is used to battle menopause. So HRT for trans women Obviously for uh, transitioning purposes, but when you when you get off of that stuff, you find yourself basically having similar symptoms. I have basically no energy. enough energy to record, but we're doing this in the morning when I still have energy. By the time the clock basically uh, turns 11, uh, that's about it for uh, my energy levels. Although I say that, Last night, we went to Disneyland. So you're probably thinking, oh, how bad could your energy levels be? Well, if you look at my Instagram, we went because we needed to get a Halloween magnet. I guess I'll talk more about uh, the energy levels at a place like that in a bit. But uh, I hadn't heard it described this way uh, until yesterday, but... Being off of, of of estrogen for this long does actually pretty much uh, include withdrawal symptoms. And I've had this sort of lingering ache in the back of my head. It's not quite a headache, but it's a... Uh, you're missing something kind of thing. Very actually similar to... Uh, as somebody who's a pretty fide caffeine addict, uh, you go a day without coffee... I think actually that's kind of more of a piercing headache, though. This isn't really kind of like that. This is more of a, uh, I feel like shit without, without completely not totally like cramping, but similar cramping that isn't really, well, I guess it's, it's kind of throughout the body, but more so just sort of a, a ache, nagging, and getting out walking is absolutely horrible. I'll walk outside and uh, in a minute or two, I'll be tired. Uh, there's, I go downstairs, our building, uh, we have a juice bar and a Starbucks. I go downstairs and the people are just, well, they sometimes they normally stare if I'm in there in the middle of the day and my pajamas looking terrible. Yoga pants and a t-shirt. That's what I'm referring to by pajamas, but I think you get the idea. Uh, and I've looked like death with, with all these hormones. My face has looked a little gaunt. Uh, I look like I need... If I was at a nightclub looking like this, somebody would uh, come up to me and give me a bump. A nice nice line to, to cure that kind of stuff. But, um... I have not looked... I don't think they would... I don't think the doctors would be pleased if I was doing coke before surgery. And don't do coke, that's bad for you. Um, It's... Being off of hormones the worst. It's the worst. I... It's... It's like... You know when you're sick a lot of the time, you don't want to do anything, you want to stay in bed? Being off hormones, you feel like shit, but you you don't want to just sit there. It's... It's boring. Literally the only... Sometimes even sitting down can make me kind of feel achy on hormones... And lying down is really the the one position where i I can just sit there and and sort of feel normal, not feel like the the constant aching is there, but it's just it's so persistently awful and it's been it's been a long long stretch, and i actually part of me said record this episode last week so that I could uh have energy to do it, but the flip side was. I should record it when I know how to talk about having no energy. On Saturday, we were going the main branch of the Long Beach Public Library, which was being remodeled for the past months. Few months was opening, and we live uh, about a basically like a block and a half away. We're going there, and it's like nine thirty at night uh, in the morning, not at night, Uh, and the sun's kind of starting to come out, and we're waiting for the speeches. And we're there, and mostly I just wanted to go in there and get a book out, which I ended up doing. As Guardians of the Galaxy comic, and a Red Hood comic for people following Titans, Jason Todd. So we're standing outside, and it's 9.30, and I just realized my energy is starting to bottom out. And we ended up actually going to the mall for a bit, and then to Target, so that I, we needed to pick up some stuff. And I wanted to get a game, because I'm feeling sorry for myself. And so far I've talked about all the energy that I don't have, and I went to the mall, and I went to Disneyland, and I've seen two movies. I We live a couple blocks from a movie theater, and I went to see Hustlers last week. I saw Downton Abbey last week, and today I'll go see Downton Abbey again. We recorded the Downton Abbey episode after this one, but this one will be the final episode. I wanted to record it while I knew that I still had the energy, so this one would have been recorded before, we totally knew that there was going to be a Downton Abbey podcast. And then, because that one is slightly more topical than this, we decided to put that one out beforehand. One of these days, I'll put out a full list of uh, the podcast episodes compared to uh, uh, the list that they were recorded in. Because Especially in the beginning when we were doing the Game of Thrones recaps each week. Uh, oftentimes, later in the week, we would record other episodes, but they'd be bumped for various reasons, and also in July, when, if you noticed, we had, uh, I think, like, 17 episodes out of the 31 days, something, uh, some big number like that, and a lot of those were put out out of order, actually, even in August also, but uh, but if you're listening just here about my surgery, you probably don't care about all of that shop talk. We didn't do a ton of shop talk, though, so sometimes a little bit is okay. I always want to do one more. It makes me upset that we had the we had the August hiatus because we were traveling and then got back and I knew that i I knew realistically by the a little bit after the midway point of September that we were gonna have some trouble uh, continuing doing a bunch of episodes for the podcast, but so, so it's just annoying that there was essentially this three-week window to come back. Nobody likes to to come off of hiatus and then immediately go back on hiatus. But those are the cards we were dealt. And editing is not fun on hormones. Uh, without Editing is not fun without hormones. Very few things are fun without hormones, but some things are worse than others. Like, if you're trying to take your mind off something, watching new material can sometimes be a lot fun, but it's kind of nice that the Downton Abbey movie came back because I've just been reimmersing myself in that show and just watching random episodes and having fun with that. Having hormones, so and it's... Being off hormones, there's really nothing you can do to counterbalance that besides smoke copious amounts of marijuana. That's basically... Only thing that makes me feel better, eating doesn't even really make me feel better because I, I have had like no appetite. It'll be one thirty, will roll around. I used to eat lunch at eleven. One thirty will roll around. It's like okay, you you have to you have to eat something. It doesn't matter if you want it or not. It's time to eat lunch, and that's uh, unfortunate. But uh, being off the hormones is uh, the worst experience of uh, my entire transition. And people say that. They say that being off the two weeks off hormones before the surgery is worse than the surgery itself. That said, and I don't think I need to describe to anybody still listening what a surgery where uh, a uh, penis is um, cut open, inverted, and uh, shoved back up inside of you. Uh, That was actually more graphic than I was intending to be, and you all get the idea. It is a horrible, graphic, painful surgery. Oh, and my face will be all broken, too. (laughs) Isn't that fun? Don't I sound excited? I've been trying to unpack how I feel about this. You say, oh, if you don't feel super-duper ecstatic, don't get the surgery. No, that's not it at all. It's just been a long time coming for so long. I had my first consult with this surgeon in June of 2018. It's September of 2019. Of the surgery, uh, early October of 2019. September's almost over. Boy, does that Fly. Uh I. And some of that was insurance. Uh, there's a, a one year. You basically need to be ahead of your bottom surgery for about a year anyway, because of um, electrolysis. Uh, you need to have electrolysis, and let me describe that. What electrolysis is like? Electrolysis is they they uh, individually hair by hair. Human beings have a lot of hair. Electrolysis, you got to go hair by hair. They take a uh, a, a prod. I call it a cattle prod. It's it's more of a more fine tuned in- instrument, and uh, they get a little bit under your your skin, your hair follicle, and then they send a zap down to kill the base of the follicle, so that hair doesn't grow anymore. And there's there's, it's different than uh, electrolysis and laser hair removal are very different. They sound similar, they're not. Electrolysis is uh, permanent. But it's permanent except for the fact that it's very difficult to get the charge straight down to kill the fo- the hair, the way hair growth, uh, the way hair grows on a cycle um, in order to really, you almost never uh, totally get the follicle on the first try. So most hair follicles need two or three at least. It's kind of like if you're a big Star Wars fan. Uh, in... The, the Death Star Trench run in a new hope they had to when uh, when, Gold Le- when Red Leader first fired the, the shot and they thought he had it and they said it didn't go in. Uh, what you need do, electrolysis is basically what Luke had to do shoot a proton torpedo right down and, and hit the reactor without firing early or uh, all of that stuff. you gotta it's got to be a perfect shot to get electrolysis. So the past year I've been going uh, to a place in Long Beach. Where uh, I've gone on a table, my electro my uh, electrologist Paula is uh, phenomenal, she's very friendly, she's funny she's has the absolute perfect temperament for that kind of work uh, makes makes that process uh a uh, hell of a lot easier, which uh, it's fundamentally awkward. I get on a table and I sit there with my pants down while somebody zaps my balls with a cattle prod. That's electrolysis. No euphemisms needed. That's what happens. It's like uh, another Star Wars reference in Empire Strikes Back when Han's being tortured at at Cloud City for basically no reason toward the end by Vader. It's like that. It's a shock. Shock, shock, shock. Oh, and it just feels horrible. First couple times it would ruin my whole day. I couldn't do anything afterward. I was too feeling like crap. I, I, I... Really not one of those things that anybody wants to uh, experience. It's it's not fun. It's pretty much... Just imagine, wow, each one of your individual hairs being shocked feels like. It's like that, except then also kind of worse. So for a year, I have had to do that basically once a week. Two hours a day. Sometimes, well, we do face sometimes also. That's fun too. Zap, 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 zap. And this is actually when people when people say, "Oh, for transgender children, oh, you have to let them go through puberty. They won't know they're trans until after puberty." I always immediately think of electrolysis. Like if I could spare a kid from not only the cost of electrolysis, but just the the 100 hours of of torture that's not even like the main, it's not a good reason to say, oh, you got to let kids transition so they can avoid electrolysis. No, but that's, that's in my head. I'm thinking to myself, boy, if I, you know, if I could spare somebody that, I totally would. Uh, it's ridiculous to make a child go through a, the wrong puberty. Uh, puberty blockers are fine. But I've been on the electrolysis because I went through one puberty before I had to go through a second puberty. And that's kind of also the fun of uh, being off hormones. You're reminded of all of the uh, madness of uh, living with, I guess you could say, what a hormonal imbal- there's an imbalance in the forest, that's for sure. It's not like I have a hormonal imbalance because we all know that I'm being off these hormones for a reason, and I'll go back on them. It's just annoying knowing that I have, a, I have a medicine cabinet full of titty skittles and I can't take them. Those are estradiol tablets, for those of you who don't know, are uh, these little blue pills. They're often in the trans community called titty skittles. I did not come up with that. I don't know who did. It's very funny, though. Surgery is... Because uh, is people keep saying, oh, you're finally going to be done with your transition which is, I could just do a podcast episode, When Is Transition Over? But I'll spoil it now. It's um, it's actually, we, we could look at it from uh, a past, present, and future tense. We could do the, the ghost of transition past, um, ghost of uh, transition present, the ghost of uh, transition yet to come. We could look at that with Ebenezer or ITM. There's an effort among the trans community to kind of uh, remove, to, to demedicalize a lot of the way the world perceives transition, which isn't to say that there aren't plenty of trans people who will undergo HRT or have surgeries or uh, do lots of that stuff. But we also don't want, just just as like, it's important to, to decategorize gender dysphoria as a mental illness. It's uh, similarly also important to not say, "Oh, you're transitioning. When are, when when is the surgeon going to uh, do that uh, upside down thing with your uh, genital area?" Or for trans men, you know, when are your when are your breasts gonna go bye bye? All of that kind of stuff. Those are, good, those are just not questions we should ever be asked. In fact, if somebody I like I don't like basically says, "Oh, when are you having the surgery?" And I say, "Oh, well, soon." If if I do answer it, then I follow it up with, "Well, how's the state of your vulva?" Or, "You know, is your is your is your clitoris extra sensitive today?" And then they kind of look taken aback, but. I was just asked an invasive question about my genitals. It would only seem in the interest of preserving the room to ask a similar invasive question so that nobody feels left out. Here's an invasive question. There's an invasive question. Everywhere is an invasive question. And for me personally, I kind of, I don't want to say, oh, I forfeit my right to bitch and moan about a lot of this stuff because I make a podcast about it and I'm pretty open about this kind of stuff. There was a large part of me that didn't want to even record this podcast. And if you're listening, you say, well, then why did you? You don't have to. And certainly the world will not weep if, one, if there's one fewer podcast episode in the world. But there's two reasons I decided that it was important to talk about this subject specifically. First is a more selfish uh, desire. I personally would... I, I don't care about it, about it that much now, but I know years down the road, I will want a record of how I felt at this particular point in time, the time right before I had the surgery. I know that I'll want to be able to look back and have contemporaneous, uh, to have a contemporaneous account of what I was feeling before, because post-surgery will, it, it seems so scary now, but there will come a time when it, it it's just all feels totally normal, and it's past tense, and it's, oh, we've done, now we're looking to the future. Now we uh, are not scared of the surgery, because the surgery was two years uh, ago, or however long, if that was hard to follow. I want to be able to uh, look back and know exactly where I was at. I did that. I didn't have a podcast when I first started HRT, but wrote a lot of really bad poetry about it. Maybe it's not. I actually did get an offer on that collection, but I turned it down, uh, holding out. We'll see. Publish someday. Publishing is slow. I want to remember how I felt. When I first started HRT, I, it was like I, I felt like I got the glow of... Ast- People have described sort of a, a glow. This was a, These were injections also to kind of jumpstart the process. And I was... Uh, I, I, to this day, I'll never really know how much of it was psychosomatic or not. How much of it was like, oh, this is a new thing. This is exciting, pivotal, life changing moment. It feels it, it. My body is reacting to what my brain is telling it. And it's important. I, I'll never really know, but what I do know is I have I have uh, I have right I have it written down how I was feeling at that time. So. Whatever I can make of it, I at least... Uh, it's like having a bunch of Legos on the on the floor. You don't really know what to build, but you have the pieces. No, I don't know what to make of it, but... Uh, I, I guess I could just imagine a Lego set. What a bad example. I should stop making up these examples as we go along. But... So that's one reason. I just want a historical record of... Uh, my story. I, gu- I guess I could have sat and uh, taped... Uh, done a tape myself... Kind of like how lawyers would dictate things to their secretaries or Agent Cooper or to Diane on Twin Peaks. But that wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be fun unless I was sharing it for the whole wide world, right? Totally, 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 totally. So that was the one reason. And then the second reason is... Uh, I know I know a lot of uh, mainstream or, or, or big well-known transgender uh People have been a little private around this time. Not, it's, a, it's, it's totally 100% natural to not want people to be gaping at, at or, or asking you about your Because the second you start to talk about it, the questions magnify. I have been asked invasive questions about my genitals seldomly. Of all the guests I've had on this show, only one has asked a invasive question, and the show's called Estradiolusions, and I would imagine that more people would uh, maybe feel free to do that. It's kind of nice that they haven't, and I'm not going to name this person because it's not really a big deal, but uh, just, just for context, I realized that... There's a lot of people out there who who don't know what it's like to be trans. Obviously, there's a lot of people like that. But So the more surprising, there's a lot of people who want to know what it's like to be trans and want to understand. You see that all the time, the people who are not the media is always critical of the uh, segment of they say, "Oh, Twitter doesn't represent the population." Well, fine, but you you take like, you step outside like, trans Twitter or trans social media and you get out of the the bubble that can hold. There's a lot of people in your average day-to-day world who really probably don't have a lot of thoughts on transgender people beyond, oh, there are people, let's let them be gonna be some of the societal stigmas that come with it but not like oh my god i hate trans people and certainly not oh my god i uh gonna sit and look at uh lewd images of trans people on online all, all night no there's there's a there's a there's a middle ground you the listener if you're a, a lot of you listening probably fit under this category of cisgender people who want to know more about trans people and sometimes it can be very difficult to get those resources because it's it can be hard to find trans people who want to uh, break down I mean there's plenty of plenty of testimonials out there and all that but I'm trying to throw another one out there I like to try and communicate this experience. I take my role as a semi I put in I put um I put activist in my bio and stuff here I shall tell you what it's like to go through this we do feelings we do twishies, we do sense we'll do these uh, we talk about what it's like to transition so that maybe somebody who who really wants to maybe uh, understand the trans experience a bit more can have that so I think of I think of you all I think of uh, transgender listeners to give you guys uh, content that it's above a level of the sort of... You ever see an interview with a trans person on mainstream media? It's like the same fucking questions every time. We like to engage on that level. Then there's obviously plenty of uh, trans people listening who have not come out yet, have not gone on this journey, and maybe are scared, or... Um, you just haven't. It's a big step. And you gotta... It's smart to take it slow, so... For you listening, I hear you, hopefully these experiences can help. And then this is gender people. Came maybe for Game of Thrones video games. We can uh, talk about this stuff and then maybe you can understand that A lot of this isn't fun, but uh I mean the the, the HR the hormone withdrawal symptoms, those are not exclusive to trans people. Uh, all women through menopause go through that. It's not like this is my own menopause, but these are very me- menopause-like symptoms. Boy, does that suck. So we talk about this for you and for me. And I, I, I don't want to talk about transitioning like this is the end of some journey. If I had to like really try and pinpoint the time that I really think that that so called transitioning, the transitioning period that it kind of ends is uh, when you start going full time, a time when you are no longer trying to actively trying to present as the sex you were assigned at birth. People call that uh, boy mode or girl mode, depending on. Uh, what kind of trans person you are. And that's all tricky because, I mean, you you will find trans people who will just purge all their clothes. I actually, and I've talked about this before, I was very gradual. I still have plenty of old clothes. My favorite lazy combination is leggings and one of my older T-shirts. Because you buy the women's cuts, they're so short and they're tight. And that's good for a lot of reasons, but it's nice to sometimes have a big baggy t shirt. So, full time for me was not like, okay, I'll wake up. But, kind of something in hindsight you look back on and say, oh, I don't wear boy's clothes anymore. Nobody thinks, nobody mistakes me for male anymore. That's the way it goes. Not that I don't get misgendered. I think that's a much better barometer for transition and for not binary people. Transition is, uh, way more of a, uh, individual experience for this kind of stuff, especially if you're not medically transitioning, but, To, to, to note that sort of barometer as as where a transition would would end is and that makes sense too because if you're transitioning to presented as, as a as a, a member of your your true gender, that would uh, represent success, not having to uh, present as some someone you're not anymore. So I think that's important. Because there's so many different uh, there's so many different categories of people who can't can't transition to varying degrees that society might uh, think of. Like there are a lot of different internal health reasons uh, that would prevent somebody from going on lifetime hormone replacement therapy. Just this week has reinforced the idea that if we have a zombie apocalypse. I will not make it past the first six months. There's no fucking way. I would have to go to every CVS, every Walgreens, everywhere with a pharmacy, and either take their estrogen or kill whoever had uh, their estrogen supplies, and I would have to stockpile it for the rest of my natural-born days. It's actually possible I could get that, that kind of quantity, but that would be my first, first... I actually had a zombie apocalypse strategy for back on the East Coast. I don't have it on the West Coast. It would be harder because I live in downtown in a big city, which are usually the... Uh, it seems like the country is the safer place to be if we follow Walking Dead ter- uh, Walking dead guidelines. You don't, you don't want to be in Atlanta. You want to be uh, at the prison or Herschel's Farm. I would not make it very far in the zombie apocalypse. Unless, actually, I mean, it might be smart to go to Disneyland because uh, Tara even remarked at the, uh, we got there, we had to go get the AP magnet for Halloween because I had to, we forgot about it last time we were there, which is actually kind of a good thing because there's also a button, a Halloween button involved, and that, now they're giving out both of them and they weren't about two weeks ago. And if you're not a... Disneyland annual pass holder you're like probably don't give two shits about this but Tara was remarking that I had more energy than she did we got there around 6 30 and we stayed till right about closing They didn't do a single throw ride that's kind of interesting gadgets go coaster was the one which is a kiddie coaster in toontown which is open past eight thirty now and I'm getting I'm just basically talking Disneyland shop but uh I, at disneyland i just there's this energy I can go fifteen hours walking around there here I like to go I work from home so I don't really do well being cooped up because uh at around one or two I usually i go for a walk i that's another aspect where Pokemon go is an improvement um I can go for a walk not buy anything you know just uh spin a couple of Pokestops, come back and uh there's an outing right there it's nice you're the Brits. I remember the first time I was reading Jane Austen's Persuasion. This one will always stick with me because there's this scene where where it just takes them like absolutely forever to uh, get the the group together. They were going for a walk, and I'm like, oh, boy, now the action's starting. These people are going for a walk. Going for walks is nice. When I'm on the East Coast, I love to uh, walk my dog, but... Disneyland, I just... Bottomless energy. I can go... It's just, it's the Disneyland high. It's the greatest thing on earth. It's, I love Disneyland. But, felt great there. Haven't felt great basically anywhere else. In fact, uh, there have been evenings where I've been too tired to go out and get food. Tara's gone and gotten it. Uh, and I like to eat out. So many things that I like that I'm not able to do right now. And I just, it bothers me. I do not like being restricted. Probably, which stems from the idea that for twenty plus years I uh, was restricted from living as my uh, true true uh, true self. It's such a cliche. I don't like saying that very much. People say, "Oh, you get to." They say, "Oh, I can't wait to see the new you." I want to say, it "Like bitch, I didn't change my name." I and I say so. I, I guess I approach the it's important to demedicalize the the term transition and yet I, I am also kind of one of those people who views transitioning really as uh, my way of, of of simply as not not you know leaving my hometown behind shedding my old past and uh, starting afresh I, I really take the approach of I went and I dealt with something that was uh, killing me and now I'm better. Same name. Scroll through my Instagram. You see my old pictures. I haven't deleted them. I don't really care to. Not a single element of my past. I've really hidden. I go home. It's just kind of awkward being home, but that's the way it goes. And people have been nice. But I recognize that my approach to transition is a, is a unique one. Maybe not super duper totally unique, but uh, a lot of you out there uh, have totally different tra- experiences. And that's great. And uh, I actually personally think that going around pre- presenting my singular story, my singular approach to Transitioning as, as like, the narrative would be a bad idea. Because it shouldn't be approached, really, from a medical standpoint. Which is also why healthcare should en- encompass trans-affirmative uh, care, because then it, it takes yet another roadblock down. And then we can, you know, say, oh, I'm transitioning. That's great. How and then you know, life goes on. And it's not some kind of a spectacle for people to ask about. <laughs> people do, and that's okay. And if you have questions, I'll just tell you now. Feel free to ask me. I some of them might be cringy, I guess, but I will answer them. I I will I will take upon that mantle. I will take the ring to Mordor, but I do not know the way. God, Frodo Baggins is so annoying. Glad there isn't Lord of the Rings land at Disneyland. I have actually been to Lord of the Rings land. I went to New Zealand and did three Lord of the Rings tours. I didn't do any other tours. I only did Lord of the Rings tours. And that is a phenomenal way to see the city. Uh, that is a phenomenal way to see the island. I was on the South Island. North Island is where Wellington, where Hobbiton was filmed. But getting off topic. <laughs> So I look back at this journey I, so the one the one aspect of the journey that really kind of holds true as as something that's existed for a while is uh my entire life I have wanted a vagina. I've wanted boobs. I have boobs. They grew, they're nice. It, uh, implants would be nice down the road, but uh we're not there yet. They're not that expensive either. I really should look into that. But um One major surgery at a time. Actually, that's not even true. Two major surgeries at a time, doing face and that. Um, Talk about face in a bit. Uh, Vagina. The surgeries are, are pretty phenomenal, what they can do. And it hit me. I saw a trans woman showed me a picture of her vagina after a couple weeks. Uh... And she had used the same surgeon that I had used. So I saw it. It hit me. I'm like, oh, boy, this really happening. I don't know. Oh, boy. Does anybody care that I use a gendered term? Uh, I saw that. I said, that's that's something, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to have one of those. I'm a real girl. Pinocchio. We'll, one of these days, we'll do a transgender-themed Pinocchio episode. I have a lot of problems with them. <laughs> I don't even really like the ride at Disneyland that much. It's a okay ride. They have that one in uh, France, if you're one of our... Disneyland, if you're one of our French listeners who uh, has been to Disneyland Paris. China's always been one of those things that I, I, I didn't think was in the cards for me. Which is funny, because the surgery's been around... My entire life, longer than that, see the Danish girl? I mean, they've been doing this surgery for a long time. And they've, there have been improvements, and there's techniques. There's various ways. I can't speak to them because I'm not a doctor. But it's... Really, it's, it's quite something. And then, after the surgery, I will have to do this thing called dilation. Where you take a metal... It may be acrylic. You could look up dilating tools if you want a, a better frame of reference. Uh, a dilating is basically like a dildo that is not really a dildo. You shove it up there, but it's uh, there's no battery where you turn it on and it goes vroom vroom. No, it's not supposed to be fun. It's like um, it's like, I I actually put the kibosh on, uh, a couple of bad analogies there, it's not fun, I gotta put that thing up, 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 up the new, uh, up the new hole for, uh, well, all, pretty much for the rest of my life, but, uh, really specifically early on, and that's gonna, uh, the whole thing's gonna suck, the stitches, oh, I, I forgot to even, um, mention that, so, Because of the way that my HR... And my my, uh, hormone replacement therapy was fairly aggressive on a pretty high dosage of estrogen. Um, One thing that estrogen does uh, uh, cause is uh, shrinkage downstairs pre-surgery. I don't think I need to get into it more than that. Um, Because of my specific case of uh, shrinkage, I will need... uh, to graft some skin from uh, my hip. So my vagina will be part old, 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 Ian, private parts, part, part hip skin. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't lie. It's funny. I'm going to work it. I'm doing a, working on a stand up routine. I'm going to work that in there. It's funny. I, a lot of it's funny. Hips don't lie. It's, uh, it's gonna be gonna be an intimate, intimate. Part of me. I'm like sitting watching TV. I look down at my hips. Like ah, ready to see how it looks on the inside. Christ. <laughs> ah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be something. I gotta sit in bed and have a. I've never had a catheter before. I'm gonna have a catheter for eight days. I wanna have to go pee instead of a bag of pee. Connected to me. <laughs> That's gonna suck. Not looking forward to that. I'm gonna have to teach myself how to pee again. No more peeing, standing up. I, I won't go into that. Let me just say that. This is a subject that trans women, it's really taboo. I'm going to break the taboo. Uh I do occasionally still pee standing up. And actually, what's even funnier, I even had this conversation 2 days ago, but I've had it a lot. Of, I've had it many times since I transitioned. Women will say like is is peeing standing up really better? Or like like that's great. Are you going to miss that? Like like they want to also pee and if you've ever been in a public bath well, I mean plenty of public bathrooms. I know at Disneyland specifically which which of their bathrooms smell the worst. The Red Rose Tavern one smells horrible, always. Uh the Hungry Bear bathroom is one of the best. The new ones at Galaxy's Edge are great. Um Adventurelands, that's a that's a pretty uh that's a pretty solid bathroom. The one over by um the Disney's magic map near it's a small world, that can be hit or miss. Um, I I've certainly squatted when there's been pistol. I you, you, sometimes you look at the at the toilet seat and you're like, well, where did all this pee come from? And it's not from a trans woman pe- peeing standing up. N- nobody. I I've never seen a trans woman admit on Twitter that sh- she pees standing up. I don't do it all the time, but I'm not gonna be able to do that anymore. Isn't that kind of sad? It's, it's, it's one of the great perks of, of a male anatomy being able to pee standing up. They have that, uh, we're going to get off this topic. I'm not going to follow that down the rabbit hole, but can I have to learn how to pee again? And I imagine that'll probably involve it getting all over various seats. (laughs) Oops. What a horrible topic. (laughs) <laughs> i uh that's that's not gonna be fun the face stuff i mean there are f- features of my face that are massive i have a very masculine um uh brow brow bone you get what i'm trying to say the area where my eyebrows are that's a ridge it's between me wearing glasses and that, sometimes I, I'll spend like five minutes on my eyeshadow and I look, it's like, what's the fucking point? Who's going to see this? Um, So that'll change, a little bit of jaw. I'll kind of, have a lip implant. What else? Tracheal shave, nowhere Adam's apple. I, I hate Adam's apples. Worst thing. So I will miss that. The whole thing's just gonna... Oh, it's gonna suck. And then I guess that'll be it for the whole... Uh, be kind of like, okay, well... I guess we're at the uh, the end of the line on this one. The big one. I always say that transitioning shouldn't... Uh, we should take the medicalization out of it, and yet I, I do kind of call the surgery the big one. Well, people know what you're talking about when you say that. And there's a lot of times you use transgender terminology and people have no idea what you're talking about. That, that one they get. So we'll have the big one. When I say, oh, the recovery will suck, I say that really without being afraid of it. I know it'll suck. I'm kind of one of those people who... You know, when, when there's something you don't want to do and you just keep putting it off, I, I like to just get it done. Because I won't be able to relax until it's done. And I, I pride myself on being resilient, obviously. You can't survive transition without being resilient. Knowing that there's just so many people out there who uh, hate you and are going to hurl mean things at you for no you You, you got to have a thick skin. And an elastic heart. See ya. I should. Uh, I don't make as many of these references when I have a co-host, but it's hard to bring a co-host on, even even Bell, to to talk about my my vagina surgery. I'm sure she doesn't want any part of that. Um, but well, Terrible will. Terrible's had to uh, take care of uh, a lot of things. She'll have to take care of more. My parents will come down for the surgery. Some friends have volunteered to uh, help in the after aftermath. I just don't like being out of commission, and I don't like being super reliant on people either. I like to do my day, get through my stuff, play with my toys. After after my work's done, not before. Really, you think about all the I, I when I was little. I'd get my homework done, and then I'd go outside and play with the kids in the neighborhood. Almost all of them would go out first, and then they'd have to go back in and do their homework at like 6 or 7. And I get that. My mother was the one who was really making me get the work done first, but she was totally right. People don't admit when their parents are right all that often. I should. Mother, you you were right on this one. It's a good trade to have. Although, to, to, to counterbalance, the reason we had to go to Disneyland for the magnet was from a trade that I also inherited from my mother, which is the fact that we missed out on the magnet two weeks ago. I, I had to have the magnet. One, uh, I, told funny, uh, I told a funny story about my grandma in uh, the Sen of a Woman podcast about Sweaty Man. I'll tell another, another funny story about my, my dear grandmother who passed away close to ten years ago now nine years ago um, about eight and a half um, we uh, our, our vacation spot is this uh, island in Georgia Sea Island it's a uh, it's actually a place where a lot of uh, Republican meetings are held yuck but um, the g8 George Bush held the g8 there Vladimir Putin was there. I've had pictures. Uh, dig on my Instagram much, you can see uh pretty if you if you dig on dig on my Instagram, uh go back a couple of years, you can see me sitting at Putin Putin's seat. Um but uh see Island there are these towels that they keep at the beach club. And they're nice towels. I have a lot of them. And the reason I have a lot of them is my grandmother, when she was still alive, was caught by one of their staff uh stealing the towels. And she berated the woman, saying, you can't take these off the club. And she said, what do you expect me to walk back to my car in a in a, in a bathing suit? A- Something that, that nobody in the South with Southern hospitality is going to respond, yes, I do expect you to. But in reality, she chose not to put her clothes. She chose to leave wrapped in the towel for that express purpose of taking the towel. Um, so in her memory, we have stolen lot i uh, in, in in the state of california very far away from georgia i must have like eight of those towels they're great towels but um, that's the same linear line from towel to magnet there's this gene in Lindsay meyer malone women that have to have the special thing so i got that from my mother and my my grandmother rest in peace um God, she would uh, one, one other, one other quick one while we're on the subject. Uh, I used to, I, I would, I would accompany my grandfather to, to Toronto uh, almost every summer, and uh, we'd stay at his club, the Royal Canadian Military Institute. This this transgender woman growing up in these these military military places and and Republican strongholds. It's so a lot 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 to unpack, but um. We would go up there, and uh, in Canada... Well, in Montreal, the uh, drinking age is 18, but in Ontario, it's 19. And we'd go up there. I, I must have been, like, 14 or 15 when the colonel decided that I, I should start drinking there. And my... Nobody... no, I, I guess I, I probably... I don't know if I looked old for my age at the time. Nobody questioned it. Nobody cared. In fact, I would... There's a great way to learn how to drink, because people would offer to get you another drink, and then you try to turn them down, they'd say, no, that's not how this works, you, if I offer you. This old, um, I think he was a retired major, some some fancy uh, commission, he asked me, we were chatting about the Anglo-Zulu War, and he said to me, uh, can I get you another beer? And I said, I'm, I'm, for, I'm good, thank you. And he said, he said I'm going to teach you something, son. Never turned down a free beer he goes, I'm going to ask you again, would you like a beer? And I said, I would, sir. <laughs> that night ended poorly for me because there was a, they served port at the at, at a dinner and uh, if you've ever had port, it's like a dessert wine. I hate port. I think port is disgusting and I do like wine but uh, they served port in these tiny little glasses and we were at, a, we were hearing the Canadian uh, Secretary of Defense, Minister of Defense, maybe, I think it's Secretary of Defense, um, he was speaking and they're serving port at our table table of people i didn't really know and uh, i took a sip and it was rancid and <laughs> i mean it wasn't i'm sure it was a good port but i didn't like it and i had a lot to drink and i uh kind of when no one was looking i just downed the rest of it because so i was like okay bottoms up naturally i was like the second one done with their port so they refilled my glass and i tried to refuse that too but nope Boy, I was I drunk at the end of that night, at the age of fifteen, drinking with all these uh, retired uh, retired Canadian military heroes, and then also my grandfather. So back to my grandma. She, she once once she heard about that because she she didn't used to go on those trips. Uh, she would uh, she became very, I don't even jealous may not even be the right term. She took it upon herself to start ordering me drinks at uh, restaurants and america the drinking age is 21 so a little bit harder for a somebody who clearly looks young to get away with that if she got caught she would she was an expert at the faux outrage it was uh quite hilarious but she would get very angry and tell the so one time in in in, in Seattle, which is where i thought of it she told the um she told the waiter she was dying and that she wanted she wasn't dying not at th- years before, um, she said that she was dying and she wanted to so- have a glass of alcohol with with her grandchild. Those are the levels that she would stoop to <laughs> cheat, cheat cheat the system. I guess in a weird way, that kind of uh, that kind of mentality inspired me to to go ahead with transitioning, which is itself. Uh, maybe there are some wrong implications in the idea of saying. Oh, transgender people are cheating the system, but you you kind of get kind of get the idea. The status, if we look at if we look at the state of America as the status quo, the quote unquote system, uh, you're not supposed to be able to to. They, they, society makes it very hard to transition. Lots of lots of obstacles everywhere, uh, and yet here we are. So that's kind of... Maybe maybe I drew some inspiration from that. And maybe I'm thinking about old stories. My dear grandmother I love so much um, because uh, I don't want to make a big deal about the surgery, but it does kind of inspire uh, reflective thoughts. So does being off the hormones. That's also pretty true. Uh, being off the hormones makes you so emotional... I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know I cry all the time for various reasons. Never if somebody says mean things. Like, if I write a review and I get all these angry people who didn't agree because I didn't think a stand-up special was funny or whatnot. I get all these insults and I usually just laugh about them. Somebody called me Post-Op Malone. Like, Post Malone, they called me Post-Op Malone as a trans slur. And I thought that was hysterical. That's not an invi- open invitation to make fun of me, but uh, if you land a good zinger, I do find it. I, I do. Appre- I, I do appreciate the ones that have thought the "run in hell, tranny, die." I get those. Those aren't. Those aren't very fun. Those are just kind of. I've laughed at a couple of those, but that's fucked up. It's so unimaginative, too. If you're gonna troll somebody. Why would you just send like some bland thing? They're bound to have heard a billion times. I I understand that there's a lot of people who think I'm going to hell. I it, it's not. If there was a point where I was afraid of that, it's since passed. I'm uh, I'm over that. But surgery. It's coming. Uh, coming soon. And I, I, I guess maybe I, I would be selling myself short if I didn't think about how this transition journey has gone. Because I don't think of it as so hard now, but a few years ago, coming out, it was. Uh, it's the great unknown. You get. It's natural to feel a little scared about, or a lot scared about. A future where you have no idea what it's going to hold. And yet, it has unfolded, for the most part. Uh, I survived. And that's in no uh, no small part thanks to uh, people who are... Uh, in fact, it, just, just, just this, this being off hormones has been greatly helped by uh, the kindness of others. Where I was going with that before I I cut myself off. I tend to do that a lot. I'm sure there are people listening who are like, I I just can't deal with Ian's thought process. That's okay. It's believe me, it's even worse when there's no editing process. We'll be brushing our teeth and I'll start a sentence and then I won't finish it and i will just be staring at me, going like, Where were you going with that? What were you saying? Just like, oops. I tend to think about a million things at once. No, usually like five or six. Uh, and some sometimes that that could be construed as a uh, defense mechanism. I'm jumping around to avoid the elephant in the room, but we're going to face the elephant in the room. I'm going to have surgery that will put me out of commission for like a month. And that's, that's the annoying part. I'll have all the, i have all the pain pills, i got games, playing comic books. I'm, uh, people are thinking of me. If you want to think of me next week or for the next month, depending on when you decide to listen to this podcast, uh, I would appreciate that too. You didn't even. You could let me know if you want, but you don't have to. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Because the friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. That's a good thing. I've noticed that actually, getting back to the kindness of others. We were at Disneyland yesterday, and there were points. I talk about having like seemingly unlimited energy there. There were points where I was like, I'm tired. And the people at there are very friendly. It made me smile. And then I had more energy. Maybe not because of them. But I I, I I just bring this up. I've always been a talkative child. Except I don't think I... I, I talked very late, but then I never showed up. But my parents... We lived with my grandparents at the time. My parents said that they often just attribute that to... I, I didn't talk because I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Which is probably pretty true. Uh, I... I've always been talkative, even even before transitioning, but now I just kind of remark of how friendly people can be. I suspect some of that has to do with the fact that uh, I do live in a world where I get a fair amount of abuse for just being who I am, and I can tell you that that doesn't bother me, but nobody likes to be told they're going to hell. I can cast it, I can put it aside and not care, but at the end of the day, I still do kind of care. I'd be... It'd be weird if I was totally 100% okay with it. I don't cry myself to sleep, though. Is this the end of gender dysphoria for Ian Thomas Malone? It could be. I want to say probably not, because something could, uh, little snippets could pop up down the road but uh, uh, ostensibly to get this surgery i had two two letters from two separate therapists to confirm that i needed this to alleviate gender dysphoria it stands to reason that afterward gender dysphoria would be gone and we all know that's not totally how it works, but, uh, look more feminine, pee more feminine, that's for sure. Probably won't sound super duper duper feminine, still femininity and M&M-y. but, uh, that's kind of my own choice. I'm going to start talking. <coughs> I can't even... Sound like a Disney princess. Oh, gee! And that sounds really... That's awful. I'm going to stop that. It's um. <laughs> my name. Ian Thomas Malone. Vagina extraordinaire. Yeah, that's... Uh, that'll be fun. You think I should change my name? Ivanka Tiffany Malone. No, that's horrible. I've always embraced the unique peculiarities of my situation being a, a transgender woman who goes by a male name, has a deepest sounding voice. You shall not pass. I was actually trying to do a Gandalf impression before I realized that that actually, you shall not pass. And when dysphoria hits you, I made a meme about that a little while, a couple months ago, not a little while ago. Uh, I don't try to hide being trans. Yet I'm about to go in and have work done, which will make me, uh, quote unquote, more passable. I don't know what to make of that. I want to feel good. But feeling good involves dict- you know, having the power to dictate the terms through which I feel good. You know, having, having this name hasn't made me feel bad. And if it did, I would change it. But but we're not there yet. So surgery is going to be not super fun. About as not fun as not fun can get. It's hard to say I'm excited because of all the time that I'm going to be spent out of commission. But it's the way it goes. It's been so long coming. guess I, i i'd hoped that i'd been i'd hoped that i would be able to explain how i'm feeling about this and i'm not sure i've done a great job which is probably maybe the actually a good job it's tough i wish that i didn't have to uh go through the surgery and that I could still have the desired outcome. The answer is there's one way through and uh, I'm going to, going to go and do that. So cards are dealt. Just thinking about the, uh, Aaron Eisenberg who played Nog on Star Trek, deep space nine just passed away. And in remembering him, I'd had the pleasure to chat with a couple times. He was a really, really sweet man. And, uh, his, his passing is really, really upsetting for, for Star Trek fans, but anybody who knew him with his uh, fight for social justice and equality, uh, it's a big loss. He was a great great man. I miss him. But in one of his most uh, famous episodes, it's only a Paper Moon season seven where he loses his leg and goes to uh, take shelter in Vic Fontaine's holodeck lounge, uh, there's a very emotional scene. I had retweeted a clip from it. He's, he's upset about what had happened. He wants to stay there and uh, prevent anything bad from happening later. You play, your, you play the cards you're dealt. That's the moral of the uh, exchange. Learns that from a, a hologram. Uh, whether I'm nervous or not, a few days down the road... It's, honestly, it's pretty hard to tell with the hormones. I could feel about 100 billion different emotions. Uh, whatever I feel down the road, I will... Uh, play the cards I was dealt. They, people say, oh, transgender people are, are delusional. They're just pretending or all of that. Uh, I live my life pretty, pretty grounded in reality. I play the cards I'm dealt. These are the cards. And they could say, oh, you're not grounded in reality. Well... My insurance paying for my surgery. <laughs> Talk about reality there. 2019 America. Fuck you, Donald Trump. Still got that. Didn't repeal Obamacare. Pre-existing condition. We've come a long way this country. I'd like to I'd like to just point that out because there's so many people who think that, well, there are a lot of reasons to be down on America these days. Let me let's be clear about that. but in terms of transgender health care, doing pretty good. So, at least on that front, we can uh, notch one in the wind column. And hopefully, years down the road, that will continue. So, uh, that's certainly great. I'm not excited. I'm not nervous. It will suck. That, that's why. It'll suck. Uh, it'll be nice to, to get it out of the way. Move on with my life. Officially, clo- I, my body will continue to change years down the road. Transition is never over in that regard, but this big one will be out of the way. If I'm scared or anxious or any of that, down the road, we'll cross that d- deal with that when uh, when we get there. I think that's probably a good place to stop. Wanted to do one final uh, programming note. This will be uh, this will be it for. Uh, at least, at least five weeks. Uh, we're probably looking at uh, it returns sometime in November. I can't tell you when that is, so it'll be at least five weeks of no estradiol illusions, which is a bummer because we just—it feels like we just got back. Did uh, nine episodes after we got back from the uh, August break, which was. Uh, more than I was expecting we would be, uh, able to get to. I wanted to do at least, uh, I wanted to do more than five when we got back from, uh, the August break because, uh, didn't want to just come back and then have that basically be a tease, so we came back nine, nine shows. I had to re-record this at the end because, uh, when this was originally recorded, I wasn't 100% sure if that episode was going to happen, but, uh, that went up yesterday, so, uh, this episode features uh an Ian of, of a few timelines. The uh the Tuesday Ian and then the uh Friday Ian. My surgery's coming up. A couple days now. So uh won't be around. I'll be on Twitter uh a little bit intermittently. I'd say it'd be uh good to unplug for a little bit, but uh these circumstances do kind of suck, so the one thing I I just asked to uh, keep me in your thoughts. I uh <laughs> it's going to be hard so uh, on that that note uh I wanted to wanted to wrap things up. Nobody likes a podcast that just circles the wagons. we have done 46 episodes so far. We're heading toward our first real break. Not that the August break wasn't a break as well, but uh, I just wanted to say for everybody who's been listening, uh, it's it's been a real pleasure and it's been a delight, and uh, I'm I'm so grateful that uh, this podcast has developed a following, and uh, I I can't wait to uh, can't wait to come back. We have so many episodes that we didn't get a chance to get to, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, having those opportunities to uh, talk about all of our various topics. So on that note. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time off in the future. Wish me luck.